The Gospel of Luke, 15th chapter, has three lost and found stories. I don't know if you had the other two last week. Paul was nodding, yes, we did. Well, that's good. <laughs> because that means that you heard the introduction to the chapter in which tax collectors and Pharisees were coming to listen to Jesus. And the scribes and the Pharisees were grumbling. Now that's what scribes and Pharisees do. <laughs> they grumble a lot. And Benedict, founder of the Benedictines, had in the Benedictine rule a caution against grumbling, or as he says, murmuring. Sounds terrible in Latin, murmuratio. We are not called, brothers and sisters, to be grumblers. We are called to listen to Jesus. So Jesus tells the third lost and found story. And you all know it, right? Someone should say right. <laughs> You've heard this story before. But we need to unpack it a little. So the beginning is simple enough. The younger son decides that he's had it with farming and he's entitled to some inheritance and he wants it now. Now in that culture, to ask for your inheritance now is saying to your father, you're dead to me. I've had it with you. Give me the money. And amazingly, the father says, okay. And so the younger brother takes the money and he goes off to a far country and spends it all and ends up tending pigs. This is a Jewish boy. And this is important. Suddenly, he came to himself, and he says, I'll go to my father, and I will say, I am not worthy to be called your son. Make me one of your slaves. So he goes, and his father, who has been standing out looking we don't know how long, years perhaps. I don't know how long it takes to spend a small fortune, but a while. And it says how he spent it in dissolute living. Use your imagination. <laughs> and he comes home, and his father rushes out to meet him. And you can imagine, Father has been standing out there every day. But he doesn't go after him. He waits. And he sees him coming and rushes to embrace him. And the son could have thought, Oh, 
I don't even have to make my speech. But he does. Says, I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me one of your slaves. So what happens? Father doesn't make him one of his slaves. He calls his servants. Says, give him shoes. Give him the best robe. Give him a ring. So let's just take a moment with those three gifts. The ring. The ring is probably the family signet ring. Means he can do business in the name of the family. He can sign the papers. Uh, It's sort of like handing him the American Express gold card. (laughs) Put shoes on his feet. Now, slaves don't have shoes. They go barefoot or perhaps have sandals, but they don't have shoes. And so this says, you're not one of my slaves. You're back in the family. So what about all these gifts? The robe goes to honored guests. And those three things mean the father is saying, you're back in the family. Welcome home. So he tells his slaves, well, let's have a party. Go get the fatted calf, get everything together, invite the neighbors, we're going to celebrate. And that is how The first two stories end. The good shepherd calls his friends together, says, let's celebrate, because I've found the sheep that I had lost. And we might say, well, it's only one sheep. He had a hundred. What's the big deal? And then the woman with the ten coins, she lost one, sweeps the house, finds it, calls her neighbors, come celebrate with me. And finally, the son has come home. And the father says, come on, everybody, let's have a party, because the lost has been found. Well, we might, if we're Pharisaic, say, well, wait a minute. He got lost on his own, just like that stupid sheep. (laughs) And he wasn't found, he just wandered back. If you want to be a Pharisee, you might as well go whole hog here. Now, the older brother hears the party, and he says, what's going on? And one of the servants says to him, well, your lost brother has come home. The older brother is not pleased and refuses to go to the party. None friend of ours, first one I ever heard use the term, older brothering. 
said, I've been older brothering. Any of you ever do any older brothering? Look at somebody who's just not as good as you are and complain. In a monastery, well, it could be one of the other monks or nuns. But you're not supposed to do that. Because the example that Jesus gives us is rejoice. Every time the lost is found, Jesus says, rejoice. But the older brother is not into rejoicing. He's into complaining. And his father has to go out and beg him to come to the party. And the older son says, no, I'm not coming to a party for my stupid lost brother. It's his own fault, and you have never given me anything. Well, that's probably not true, but can we really believe the older brother? I've been working like a slave for you. I've never disobeyed your command. Okay, if you believe him, raise your hand. <laughs> Probably not. Now, there are some things we need to know that are a little obscure, unless you've read the Talmud. I've only read a few things in the Talmud, but this is one. Because there is such a thing as being ritually unclean. And if you do some of these things, you're ritually unclean for a certain period of time. And therefore, there are no ritually unclean people here because you would not be permitted to come and worship. So, for consorting with prostitutes. And you say, how did the older brother know all this? Well, he just does. So, for consorting with prostitutes, you're ritually unclean for three days. For messing with pigs, 10 days. For disobeying your father, 30 days. So who's the big sinner in this story? Who is ritually unclean the longest? Well, it's the older brother, of course. But the older brother doesn't think so. He's happy to point out what in the Talmud are fairly piddling sins of the younger brother. Now, sidebar, whenever the older brother talks about the younger son, it's your son. But when the father talks about him, it's your brother. We are very good, we Christians, at passing the blame. Been going on a long time, way back in Genesis. Remember that story? 
when Adam says, the woman you gave me. She gave me the apple. Now I realize it doesn't say in the scripture that it's an apple, but we're all used to that. Eve says, wasn't me, it was the snake. And no one ever asked the snake. <laughs> but we Christians are good at that. So when we do it, we can at least say, well, it's been going on a long time. Not my fault. <laughs> so all this happens, and a lot of things in buried in this story, and in the sheep story and the coin story. What in the world is Jesus trying to tell us? Well, one thing is, don't be a Pharisee. <laughs> Listen, don't grumble. And very often, we're thinking about things to complain about. Now, I know that never happens here, but people say, brother. <laughs> The church is too cold, or it's too warm. It's never just right. Somehow, things are never just right. And Jesus is hard on Pharisees. Now, sometimes when we hear the word Pharisee, it's good to say that means religious people like me. I mean, I have Pharisaic complaints pretty much every day. And I have said, stop that. That is not what we are called to do. We are called to listen to Jesus. Listen to what he says. Listen carefully to what's in these stories. The sheep story, we had that last week, right? And everybody remembers it. Maybe not right. So we'll just make a few points again. Because if you're like me, sometimes Jesus needs to hit you over the head several times before you wake up and hear what he said. And you've all, um, luckily haven't seen one here, but there are churches that have a picture of the Good Shepherd. Everybody seen one of these? Yes. Jesus in a nice clean robe, carrying a nice clean, it's usually a lamb, nice clean lamb bringing it home. And that's a nice image, but it's probably not true. Full disclosure, some of my family are in the cattle business, and we therefore have a low opinion of sheep. <laughs> Being compared to sheep by the Lord is not a compliment. Ah, welcome. <laughs> it's not. And lost sheep are not neat, clean, fluffy, white animals. 
They're just not. They're like us. And they are not neat and clean and wonderful. They are lost. And the Lord wants to bring them home. Now, what do you suppose in that story the sheep who stayed home and the flock are doing? There's 99 of them, and they're probably bumping one another, looking for the best grass, and complaining. <laughs> Where's our shepherd? He's gone after that stupid sheep who wandered off and was not a good sheep like us because we stayed in the flock. Ever have that thought? The shepherd wants us all. And in Luke 15, he keeps raising the ante. He's short 1% of the sheep, 10% of the coins, and 50% of his sons. And no matter. But when you get to the 50% son, he's not going after it. He's waiting for that son to come to his senses and realize what I'm doing is stupid. I could be eating three squares a day if I were my father's slave. And he makes the speech. He didn't have to. Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. And the Father forgives. The Father is better at forgiving than most of us. And God forgives. And we're tending like the 99 sheep. Well, of course he forgives us, but that stupid sheep out there, who knows where, he doesn't deserve forgiveness. Well, neither do we. And yet, the Father forgives us. And if he can forgive us, he can forgive anybody. And our response to that is let us rejoice. We are invited to celebrate at Jesus' table, to come to the party. Every week, he says to us, come, rejoice, be fed, eat, drink, be merry. There's a lot here to celebrate because the lost have been found. That includes all of us. All of us sheep. Even if you don't like sheep. <laughs> I don't like sheep. <laughs> you know. Sheep have shepherds. Cattle have cowboys. <laughs> 
Obviously, that's better. <laughs> but that's not very biblical. Sheep and shepherd. That's our relationship to the Lord and Savior of us all. So what should we do? We should celebrate because we too were lost and now are found. We have a choice. We can be Pharisees and grumble and complain or we can be the younger son who comes home. And there's always one of us who wants to be the older brother, but Jesus says, stop that. We are not called to be complainers. We are called to be a thanksgiving people, a people of joy. So, let us rejoice. We are invited to the table of the Lord. Let us rejoice and be glad. Amen.